The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi, welcome to episode 34 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, and this time I'm joined in the flesh, baby, like Thunderlips, by <laughs> KC. How are you going, mate? Yeah, it's, it's good to be home in someone else's house. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not, in that, we're not in the house. We're in the recording studio. It just happens to be attached to a house. Well, I'll take whatever I can get at this point, to be honest. It's, it's tough just coming back to a country and been abandoned by your people and the government. Well, sorry, that sounds like the start of a film. <laughs> KC, did you literally just nearly not make it 15 seconds without mentioning that you've been dumped? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> I don't think she's going to listen anymore. I don't, I don't think... I don't think she listened originally. <laughs> I think she lied. Because I said things that would, I would have had anger towards me if she did listen. Yeah. Ah, well. All it means is I'm eating as much meat as I want. I'll take it in any form I can. As long as I can wrap my hands around it, get it in my mouth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as usual, strange start. All you need now is the strange ending, and we'll have a standard podcast. Uh, we'll go through games, but obviously they're ages ago now. And I'm over nearly all of it, except for one bit, which you'll probably hear me rant about. 2-1 uh, win away at Wigan, Hernandez and Roof. Uh Shite start, they scored free kick early on, Reese James. But after that, we battered them really and could have, should have been four. It was probably disappointing that we didn't really work their goalkeeper more than than we ended up doing. I think, I think the thing for me that I took out of that game was it took until around 65, 70 minutes for them to actually have a touch inside our penalty area. You know, their goal comes from a free kick outside the box and that was pretty much their the only threat they'd had really um completely dominant we just yeah we just kind of missed that that clinical touch in the end yeah we uh it definitely should have been more comfortable but it was i'm kind of glad that we managed to get that monkey off his back first win from behind since burton albion away on boxing day that seems to have been a pivotal point before we went on that really long run of games last season of just that was the measuring stick wasn't it of how many games we'd lost since Burton away yeah um, well when you have a second half of season like we did last year it, <laughs> stuff like that tends to happen uh, I had 1-1 one, one, you had a 1-0 win so you get two points yes then I mean you're always going to get ones like this in championship it does happen it's happened to I mean you look at the teams around us West Brom had a hammering off Derby Derby had their hammering off us Norwich are up at top, we back them. They lost a couple quite comfortably early on, so mm. it, it does happen to everyone. But four-one loss away at West Brom, we were shite, and there's two real standouts. First one, in fact, no, I'll leave Peacock Farrell until the end because obviously there's been other news with regards goalkeepers, and we'll come on to that. Now I know Stuart Dallas is not a right back, so he does get a bit of grace. But this was the performance of someone who's not a footballer. <laughs> this was some of the decision making. Like that on that first goal, he's four yards in front of his in front of the danger, and the d- player gives him well gives him a good three four seconds to run back, and he just stands still. And it's 
the positioning that without a doubt you would have got bollocked for if you did when you were seven or eight playing junior football. And then to do it again on the third goal, getting completely caught out. He, we've actually kind of defended Dallas quite a few times. Uh, and I don't think he's a terrible footballer or anything, but he is a terrible fullback. And I really, really hope that tomorrow, we're recording Friday night, gives it away. Uh, I really hope that tomorrow he is not in that position. I, I kind of feel for him in, in the sense of, I think before, like last season in the times when he got asked to play, play as a fullback, he was actually a fullback as as compared to this season where I think as a winger, it's an odd position where you're told to play it fullback, but you have license to roam and get forward. And I think a lot of the time it, it almost just seemed like he'd got, he'd gone up and then kind of got caught in, a position that he's used to playing when he's a, when he's a winger and not having to get back, but um, yeah, uh, there, there was nothing redeeming about his performance at all. It, it's it, it's a position he shouldn't have been in, but he can certainly do better there. Yeah, well, he has done better there several times. The uh, the only times that he's looked okay in that position are when teams have completely sat back and he hasn't had any defending to do. Like, he could play against it. Like, on, uh, coming up on Tuesday when we play Reading at home, he'd probably be fine then, because they'll sit in. Mm. But if he's going to have any defending to do, you just can't do it. Uh, Gotts or Shackleton, and I know he's an under-23 left-back, but I'd have rather seen Leif Davis there, to be honest. It just... It was nice to see him getting on the bench. But It was a... Yeah, it was a lesson, and not everyone can play as a full-back... Not every player in this squad is entirely versatile. Um, and, and West Brom picked out that weakness fairly early on and just kept going for it down that down their left-hand side and seemed to find a lot of luck with it. Yeah, to, to be fair, when he was up against Harvey Barnes, always one of the best players in the league. Like, he really is a good player. Uh, there's no point dissecting all the goals. Hernandez's goal at the end was nice. Yeah, it's odd to see Hernandez scoring a header, a nice looping header at that. Um and yeah, coming off the bench, Samu Sai is helping create something. Who would have thought? I know, what a surprise. It's almost like he's one of his best players and should be starting. It, it, it's really baffled me. I could understand, like, was the last game he started, was that Ipswich or was he dropped before that? I can't remember now. Um, I can't even remember now. It was around that time anyway. That's how long it's been because of the international break. In fact, I think he might have played in the Ipswich game and was dropped after that. And I kind of feel like it probably should have been the other way around the Ipswich game feels like that's the game where you could rest yeah I think they said that last time actually that that would have been the time to do it yeah because they're shite and I I get that that Forshaw's had a couple of good performances since he's come into the team and been playing but we're up against West Brom who you know we went through their squad obviously on the last podcast it's a good team you'd take their squad over Cardiff or Huddersfield easily yeah and so, so quite why you know, possibly our best player is not playing in that. It's yeah. not starting that game. It is, the very, is an interesting at the very decision. Least, one of his most talented players. At yeah, the very least. And, and and certainly our most creative player. And even if he kind of gets marked out of the game, as teams have started doing now, kind of doubling up on him, that does have a tendency to leave more space for Alioski, Roof, and Hernandez to work yeah. in as well. 
Yeah, it's like there was a stat that went round that it just shows that. I mean, stats are everything because it doesn't say anything about the quality of chances. But our two most creative players this season in terms of chance creation are Saez is second and first is Alioski. Now, Alioski is wasteful as all hell. I'm not going to pretend he isn't because of this stat. Yeah. But it was like this game was a weird one, actually, because at half time, I saw Twitter going mental about Alioski. Alioski had a perfectly good first half. Second half, he was appalling. And I didn't really see how said. <laughs> because in the second half, everyone was distracted. And rightly so, to be honest, by Dallas and Pickup Fault. Yeah. But it just goes to show. But we'll come. Uh, before we get on to Pickup Fault, do you like the yellow third kit? It was quite nice. It's very bizarre for to get to four days before a game and going, oh, we're going to have a kit clash for this one. Yeah. Um, here's a yellow kit. Buy it now. It's in the shop. And we just had it. Yeah, well, it makes it easier for every Leeds fans, well, Mrs, fella, whatever, to have an easy decision for a present. Yeah. I, I know d- that's one of the things that our lass is going to get me. I'm sure you're... Oh, that's a shame. Let's <laughs> <laughs> buy it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Peacock Farrell, the second goal, which is... It was shite from clicking build-up as well to fall over and give ball away it was really poor but it was a bit biscuit wrist swanny for the second goal yeah it, it it's it's a tough one and uh, I remember I was talking about it last season in the changes with Viedwald and Lonergan and Peacock Farrell just how magnified these things are when it happens to a goalkeeper you know, you, you can have strikers that go four or five games without getting a goal, and, and yes, you're disappointed in them, but it, it's still not as kind of uh, as as pinpointed as as is a goalkeeper making a mistake that leads to a goal. And I, I, it's almost fortunate in a sense that we lost four one. You know, yeah, it'd it's kind of glad if it was two one. Yeah, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. And uh, there's been there's been quite a few people on Twitter coming out um, calling for him to get dropped and as we'll come on to shortly yeah, that th- there's certain reasons why that's less likely to happen in the foreseeable future but um, f- for me it, 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 he's a young keeper he's going to make mistakes but yeah it's an, it was an unfortunate game to happen in yeah on the last podcast I said that I wouldn't drop Peacock Farrell but I can see the arguments for Blackman well Bielsa came out in his press conference today and said that if he wouldn't have got injured, and obviously it's awful news for Jamal Blackman. I mean, that's him for the season. Broken yeah. leg. It looked really nasty. I did actually get to watch this under-23 games, although I wish I hadn't because it was awful. Leeds were terrible. And to be honest, before he got injured, Blackman was not having a good game. No, like, from, from what I gather, he, he did. Uh, was it Blackman that conceded the penalty? Yeah, he just came out and... It, it almost Harold Schumacher did me you know, <laughs> straight, straight through, through it. I don't know what he was thinking but uh, Bielsa had said that Blackman was going to start against Bristol City and because it's Bielsa I assume he's telling the truth it seemed an odd fit because my, my instinct when he said it was well why have you even said that but Bielsa does just say what he thinks doesn't he he doesn't mess about and it might act as a kick up the arse for Peacock Farrell but then, two sentences later, he said that Peacock Fowl's injured as well. 
So, yeah. listen here, the square ball. <laughs> I said this to you last season. We started a podcast and we were top at league. You came back and then it all went to shit. <laughs> now, you're back again. Again, the podcast was really good. It always is. But uh, immediately, two broken goalkeepers, Pontus Janssen's out. <laughs> I, just saying, lads, your, your magazine's really successful. Do you really need to risk a podcast? <laughs> uh, so, well, I'll just by the way say, uh, I had us losing the West Brom game. You had one all, so we're even for the two. Uh, so on Saturday, it's going to be Huffer or Kamil Miazek. Now, I don't... I've watched a little bit of under-23s. I don't really think you've seen much of it, have you? I have not seen either one of these two play. Yeah. You might think, have seen him in a highlight package. But the most I've it. probably seen at this point is um, is Patrick Bamford's goal in training. I'm not I, even sure against which, which keeper that was. I'm assuming it was against one of those two. <laughs> Either that or we've looked and gone, and Bielsa's gone, uh, which one of my players is not going to play but has good distribution? Ah, Lewis Baker getting goal. Yeah. Well, if Lewis make- Baker c- turns up in goal... That might work for uh, Thiago Motta. Have you heard, seen him with PSG's under-19s, what he wants to do? No. He wants to play a 2 7 2. Oh, I did see that. And this. that's not me getting the numbers wrong because that adds up to no. 11. The goalkeeper forms like the defensive midfielder position. Just not even the second centre backs. Like, no, push beyond the defence. <laughs> it seems like a lot of legwork for a goalkeeper. I want to see it tried, though. I mean, I is think it, they'll lose. Is it like in the old football man, uh, like the old championship managers, where the goalkeeper you could just have the arrow, like you could direct an arrow, so like as, you know, when we're in possession, that's where you go, and it's just like the arrow is just like straight forward, right, get into defensive midfield. Yeah, I think I believe that's the plan. Maybe that's what Leeds will try. It seems very odd. It seems ambitious. You, they must be very good in possession. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, for me, of the two, I'd go with Huffer. I've seen a little bit of both. I don't think either one of them's ready yet. No. But I think Huffer's younger, and I think Huffer has more potential. At the minute, I don't actually think there's much between them, but I would go for the one that has more potential if I was going to pick one, and I think Huffer has more potential. There's a reason he's going away with England under-20s all the time. They, they yeah. must see something in him. And from what I've seen of Huffer, he like is And Peacock Fowler's not bad for this either. He ain't scared to give his defence a bollocking and have a real go. Yeah, so which shows a bit of confidence, and I think that'll do him good. And his distribution looks quite good as well. Well, ju- you know, judging by what the team could be on Saturday, he will have been playing with half the defense anyway recently. Yeah. So it's not as if he's going to be overawed by the star power there when he's got Apo Halme and Jamie Shackleton in front of him. Yeah. No, we may as well come up to that now. Normally, we'd wait for when we're previewing games, but obviously Janssen is in all likelihood he didn't absolutely confirm it Bielsa but he's out basically yeah he didn't he didn't train on Thursday or hasn't trained up to Thursday Mm. I think they said so unless there's been some sort of miracle in the last 12 hours it's looking very unlikely yeah so the debate the two that he mentioned in the press conference which means those are the two in his thoughts because as usual he doesn't really lie Uh, it'll be Halme or Phillips You'd assume Calvin Phillips. Just for the experience. Yeah. I th- and someone drop he... Farshaw into the Phillips position, click, and then bring Saez back. Yeah. But I think I, that seems to be the most likely role there. Um, Halme, again, someone who I haven't seen all that much and still hasn't played a whole lot this no, season. I think 
I, I put on Twitter that I think I'd seen him play 90 minutes twice, and I think I was lying, actually. I think I've seen him play three times. Mm. The first time he played, he stood out a mile. Like, there was a few people, me included on Twitter, saying, I'll tell you what, he could get some first-team football this season. He looked really good. The other two, he hasn't been as impressive. Mm. He's been far more impressive than Connie Shockness here. It's interesting that he doesn't get a mention. Bielsa used to mention him every press conference as, like, the backup option, the one that he rates from what he's seen. Yeah. He ain't mentioning him anymore. Yeah. The thing is, he'll have been mentioning him based off... Because he watched all of last season, he'll have watched that Fulham game at home. You know, those mm. first three where he played... Re- he played, like, three of his first four, because he didn't play well away at Millwall. But three of his first four... No one, ever, no one ever plays well yeah. away at Millwall. That's true. But he played, like, three of his first four games, he played really well, and he must have been thinking, oh... If he can do that, I can get that out of him. Yeah. Maybe he now knows that that was the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, because I, th- I think we were all relatively impressed with with Shogness's work in defence last year because he came in and, like, was it the second or third game? Because obviously Pennington, it was really, cause Pennington it, got injured on the on the opening day of the season. Jansen was still suspended. Still suspended from getting so I think it a three match ban right at the so end. So maybe of the that was season. maybe it was the second game and it would have been Cooper yeah. and Shognessy. Yeah. I remember it was against Fulham with Drew Nil Nil and he either got man at match or second. It was mm. right up there. But he's dropped way off since then. But no, uh I would think it'll be Phillips. Because of the way our midfield is balanced, I really wouldn't mind it being Halme and keeping Phillips click and bringing Sayers back. Because I think that's our best balance of midfield. From what I've seen of Bristol City, I don't think... The thing is with Bristol City, if they play Andy Vyman and Diadu, they might play two up front. And if they do play two up front, then we'll need three. And then he might play both. (laughs) Yeah. Stuart Dallas, centre-back, got it. Yeah, sorted. (laughs) Dancing goal. (laughs) That's how you get him off. Get him, get him away from uh, get him away from right back. Yeah. Let's move him He'll into just the middle. Stand eight yards too far forward the whole time. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's been a bit of news. Uh, under twenty three's lost three one at Crew. Shite performance. Sai's played, which was weird to see. <laughs> In the under twenty three, it must have been just looking around. What it looked like it was played on a school field, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, Jack Clark got a late goal and then they, obviously they got beat 3-0 at home to Birmingham and Blackman broke his leg but now we but now we should talk about the better news from that game which was Izzy Brown played 45 minutes yeah and they were only expecting 30 minutes from him so an extra 15 hours. I do keep thinking if they only if they really truly only expected half an hour from him wouldn't they have had him on the bench and brought him on Rather than started him. I don't know. I mean, I know Bielsa's weird, so he might have just started him and took him off after half an hour anyway. It is the football manager logic of when you allow someone to play for the reserves, even if you say 15 minutes, they will play the first 15 minutes. <laughs> They're not coming on at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good good to have see him playing. And I think from his Instagram account, he said that he only had one more hurdle to clear until he was ready to come back. Now... Yeah, there was something about if because Leeds play Sheffield United at two o'clock on Monday, which unfortunately is away because I believe we're both off work. If it was at home, I'd have. If it was at Four Parch, I'd have suggested going, but I ain't going to Bramall Lane. Is it Bramall Lane? Yeah, we we could do that. Yeah, um, it's, it's a brainwave. Yeah, 
No, I'm doing on Monday. Yeah, they, uh, there was basically him saying that if he can get through 90 minutes there, he'll consider himself fit enough to be involved with the first team. Not to start, obviously, mm. but... Uh, I, I would be surprised if he's back in that quick. I'd be concerned with him playing 90 minutes already. Yeah, I'd give, I'd, him, I'd give him an hour. Given the way things have gone with Berardi and Ailing coming back from injury, then getting injured again, I would be very happy for us to maybe take our time with this one. Mm. I feel like... You know, while while we are a little bit restricted with play with kind of click and Forshaw probably having to drop a bit deeper for at least the next game, we do have the option there for you know with size to to keep playing for a few weeks while he while Izzy Brown builds up his fitness. That we do not need to rush him into the team. Because after all this, if we built him up, no, we don't need to him rush him in. It's it. not like he's a centre back. Yes. Yeah, we do need to rush one of those in sometime soon. Uh, speaking of, uh, young Oliver Casey signed professional terms. He's Good. a decent... Well, I've, him I have only seen play once and he did fine. But I, I Looks a big lad for 17. I can't say I've seen anything of him, yeah. but young player signs contract must be good. Yeah. Um, He's the next Monty Gimple. Yeah, there was a bit of sad lead news and non-lead news actually while I've been away. Starting with the non-leads, uh, Brentford's technical director, Robert Rowan, passed away aged 28, which obviously is very sad. And I know that a lot of clubs tweeted out the same provisions of which was right. But, and obviously it's awful. And in Leeds news, uh, Dave Stewart, the goalkeeper for the robbery of the European Cup final in 1975, he passed away as well. I, pr- I prefer to describe him as a European Cup winner, Dave Stewart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, horrible stuff. But I say, I, I as a player, I can't really speak to Dave Stewart's ability or anything. I never no. saw. I never. I've seen bits of highlights, but that doesn't really show anything. So no. Um, and then with Robert Rowan, you just think that twenty-eight is no age to die. Yeah, that's. I mean, that really sucks. Uh, more cheerful news: Harry Kuehl got sacked. Hey, <laughs> yes. Ever, I think they announced actually a couple of hours ago. It was nailed on for a while, but Neil Ardley's got the job. Having left AFC Wimbledon. Oh, fair enough. I'm just very happy that that absolute prick of a man has got sacked. Yeah. Uh, speaking of absolute pricks of a man, Sean Harvey. Oh, there we go. Uh, there's a new TV deal being signed for EFL. We won't go into this that much because it's a lot of podcasts have spoke about it. I know that we're not the only one that listen to it. And for the better detail, you want the Inside Ellen Road one with Phil Hay and Joe Urquhart, really because he's done more research into it than I have. Mm. But a five-year deal, which appears to be more games for less money than the original draft agreement that clubs were shown. Yeah. And a a five-year deal with the way media rights are going at the minute seems at best short-sighted and at worst incompetent. And I choose to believe that Sean Harvey is incredibly incompetent. Well, he's given you plenty of evidence. (laughs) Has a man ever taken so many football clubs into administration? Harry Redknapp? Well, we don't have to talk about him. He's stranded in a jungle somewhere. Let's be happy. He's getting ill. I think we said before, I was about to say he's getting a nice payday for it, but most likely his dog. Yeah. Um, The best line I saw about that was he's getting paid half a million to be in the jungle, which after tax is half a million. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless him. Uh, What a fucking idiot Harry Redknapp is. 
Um, but yeah, in terms of the TV deal, it just it's just getting ridiculous at this point. And uh, you know, as the only fortunate part for me has been while I've been in America, it's kind of made watching Leeds easier. That being said, I, I'm not so short-sighted that that's, you know, my thing is, well, I get to see it in Portland at four in the morning, so I don't know what you lot are complaining about. It, you know, the, the way Sky handle themselves for the most part in, in putting Leeds games on TV is scandalous. The amount of games that get moved... And, and and I appreciate they do it within their own rules. So fucking well done. Just going. Oh shit! Leeds are playing Sheffield United. Ah, oh, people might want to watch that. Should we move that with two weeks' notice or whatever? Like, yeah. I think it is normally like six these weeks, last game, the last game of the season. Ah, oh, something might be on the line for that. Let's move those to twelve thirty just in case. Yeah. Uh, that one doesn't bother me as much because they move all of them for the last day. So that one doesn't bother. It's just I think Leeds that... v Sheffield United. They knew. At the end of July, that that was going to be on TV. Yeah. So just move it then. Don't, don't wait till March. <laughs> don't wait. You know. Don't wait till. Uh, you know. I think you can look at fixtures and uh, as any level of Leeds fan, you can probably look through the fixture list and go, "That one's going to get moved. That one's going to get moved." Every time, like whenever we play Derby, it's going to be on TV. Aston Villa, it's probably going to be on TV. Nottingham, it's going to be on TV. You can. There's a number of clubs you can reel off and go, "That game will be on TV." Um. And I th- Which, by the way, if you work weekends like I do and have to book time and have to book off to go to Leeds games, when they keep moving them, it's a bit of a twat. Yeah, uh, it, it's just the fact they do them in these four-week blocks, as, and like say, if you as if they just couldn't see three months in advance that they were going to put a game on TV, regardless of what position anyone was in in the league. It, I don't, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't, um, I don't agree with the stance that the the fifteen or so clubs took in saying, you know, they they were looking into forming a breakaway. Clearly, that is not the solution here no. because I don't actually think they want to break away. I think no. they just try to make a point. No, I don't, and it probably could have been handled, and I and. And I understand the point as well from the League One and League Two clubs who go, who who say, or talk about the the value of that money to them. I understand how important it is, but I think looking at it from purely a pan, uh, a fan's point of view, Leeds fans, Aston Villa fans, Derby fans, Nottingham Forest fans, and uh, several other clubs in in the Championship, they get fucked over every you know every few weeks with these changes. Yeah, and which. You know, for all except the Forest fans is unfair. The fucking scabs. <laughs> um, so, in, in as much as that, like it, it's just acquiescing to Sky, and it's 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 pretty shit to be honest. Yeah, uh, some news that isn't shit, and that is this the Harry Kewell thing again? <laughs> yeah, Kewell got sacked again. <laughs> no, but uh, speaking of Australia. We're all going on. Well, I'm not, but I don't think most of us will. <laughs> I, I mean, very. I do actually. I want to, but I can't justify that. <laughs> not for a preseason friendly. No, I mean, I was thinking. I do say every year. I'd quite like to go on the preseason tour because I haven't ever been. <laughs> and Austra- then it's Australia. Australia is quite expensive and quite far. Yeah, 
But yeah, we're off to Australia on a pre-season tour, playing a couple of Australian teams, and by the looks of it, we're pl- and well, not even by the looks, it's been announced we're playing Scum on July seventeenth. <laughs> I d- that was so odd. Well, it's it's nice that they're gonna have an all Premier League friendly. <laughs> oh, that, hang on, whoa, between whoa. two solid mid-table sides <laughs> in the Premier League. It was funny. I don't know how many pictures. You saw from the announcement of it that um, I just that, saw it was Michael Bridges and Ronnie Onsen. Yes, Ronnie Onsen, and I, I assume he's got some sort of coaching or broadcasting job out there mm. because I can't imagine they've looked. They've been looking around, going, "Who can we get to be the face of Manchester United if, here?" And we all know that if it was, if we were just looking for volunteers, it would have been David May. It would definitely have been <laughs> David May. He'd probably bring the tra- the Champions League trophy with him because I, I imagine that is probably in his living room. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the dream team there of Michael Bridges and Ronnie Onsen. Yeah, but it's been making memories flood back because I actually watched the uh, season review of ninety nine two thousand last night. I, I've always said so. My- I saw Michael Bridges scoring quite a few goals. I, I always say he's one of my favourite strikers I've ever watched. Not just for Leeds, I think he. We're just going off on a tangent now about Michael Bridges, but he he was definitely someone who had a lot of potential. And I'd play him against Man United. Uh, we, do we he's out, why not? He's out there anyway. Give him ten minutes. <laughs> I'd probably get injured. Well, yeah, but it don't matter now. <laughs> um, it's great to see. I you know I, I as someone who is on Instagram, um, I am the the Instagrammer of of the podcast and I do follow Michael Bridges and not just on Instagram but in his personal dealings yeah he's a it was a really classy finish it was Michael Bridges I I always I always just remember the the Southampton away game second game of the season where you just you know just on the thigh and then just that looping volley over Paul Jones it was very similar to the one in the the first one in the 4-4 at Everton yeah, same season. He's got a very similar one there. Mm. Paul Jones and Paul Gerrard. Yeah, all the Pauls getting punished. All the Pauls getting punished. It's like they filmed something in a forest. <laughs> There's a joke for YouTube people. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I haven't really read how the game came about between Leeds and Man U. Um, we're also going to be. We're opening. We're playing. Is it Western Western Sydney Wanderers or something? I honestly haven't looked at who the other teams are we playing. To be honest, it's Western someone. Well, Western Sydney Wanderers are a team. All right, good. It's probably them. Then. <laughs> I just don't know if that's who we're playing because I never looked. And I don't know. And I saw mention of a new stadium being open. I don't know if that's why we're uh, playing Manu or if that's the Western Sydney Wanderers I believe Wanderers it's being game. played at the Optus Stadium, which isn't brand new. The first football game played in it was. This last preseason, Chelsea played. Okay, but that's uh, the replacement for the WACA, the Western Australian Cricket Association ground in Perth. Uh, it's like just over the road, and that's just been opened, so it's re- it's a fairly new stadium. Oh, fair enough. Yes, yeah, uh, sixty thousand or something yeah. like that. That'd be that'd be that'd be a nice day. I assume there will probably be some sort of. It, I, I'll probably. I say it'll stream on LUTV. It will crash on LUTV. I don't think this will be on LUTV. I think a British broadcaster will buy the rights for that. I'll be on BT. The decent size pre-season tournaments are normally on somewhere, mm. whether it's Premier Sport or anything. Is it a tournament? I don't know, but it might be. <laughs> you would think I'd have read into this more. Any level of research could have gone into this, but neither one of we just saw the pictures of it. 
Do you give a shit? No. What's the thing that you care about? Leeds are playing scum. Yeah, we're going to beat them. In Australia. Before we beat them in the Premier League. Yeah. Before we do a double. Yeah. Over Rene Muhlenstein's Manchester United, as it will be next season. <laughs> he said he's about getting the job. Is he coming yeah, back? you've heard it here first. Yeah, taps nose. He couldn't do it at Fulham, but he will do it for the <laughs> <laughs> Um Well, speaking of things we're going to win, Bristol City at home tomorrow. Uh, I can't guarantee this will be out before then. We're hoping it will be. But, you know, after this is done, I'll be honest, we're, we're recording now, it's currently ten past nine at night, and we'll be having a beer and stuff afterwards, so we can't promise that it'll be out before the game. Hopefully it will be. Uh, but yeah, Bristol City at home tomorrow, three o'clock. They're 13th with 22 points from 17. But they're a better side away than they are at home. Uh, they're ninth in the away table, 18th in the home table. And they've, lo- they've lost the last three games as well. Lost 1-0 at home to Stoke, lost 3-2 at Reading, who would play on Tuesday, and lost 1-0 at home to Preston. So they're not in great form. No. If uh, if we had a fully fit team, I'd be very confident, but it's harder to be. Uh, their keeper's solid enough, Nicky Mampa. Uh, Jada Silva's on loan from Chelsea at left-back. He just got into the under-21s team and apparently played very well. Uh, and we know what highly-rated full-backs on loan from Chelsea can do, having played Wigan and Reese James playing so well. Uh, Jack Hunt's right-back, he's OK. Uh, Adam Webster, I don't know much about at centre-back, but we've got Thomas Callas, who I believe you wanted us to get from Chelsea. Could have done. I'm sure, because he, he was linked to everyone, because he was really good for Fulham in Championship last season. I, I'm not going to lie, it's more than a couple of months ago now. That's gone. Yeah. In terms of transfer rumours, that's, that's or transfer hopes. Yeah. So that's a lifetime ago. They um, uh, they don't look great in centre mid. Josh Brownell, Marlon Pack, Liam Walsh, none of them are anyone great. Wingers are decent, Marley Watkins, Nicholas Eliasson. And up front they've got two, maybe three good strikers. Andy Vyman and Fabadi Adu are both decent. They've got five goals and three goals. And Mo Isom might be back from injury. I don't actually know if he'll be at a hacking championship, but he got 23 goals for Cheltenham last year. And people thought he was going to take to the championship really well. Mm. Uh, whether he will or not, we don't know. So we've got a decent enough squad, but not as strong as ours. Obviously, we discussed the keeping situation earlier. The one bit of it that we didn't discuss was now that they're both injured... I, it's pretty certain that we will, we should be able to get an emergency loan. The only worry for that is that we gave Will Huff a squad number right at the start of the season, so I don't know if that could scupper things. No, but I, I think it, that we're basically allowed one now. Yeah. Would you bother, or would you just try and tough it out till January and try and sign a, someone else? Because obviously the Blackman loan will end, so we'd be able to get a loan one as well. Um, It's a tough one, because... You know, at this point, you've either got to look because we can't get anyone in from the Premier League. It's only amongst the Football League we could loan someone in from, or it's got to be a free transfer. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we kind of, as we were talking about earlier, um, before we started recording, David Stockdale is now at Wickham. Yeah, he's already so, gone. So he's no longer the option that he has been since 2013. Yeah, since he basically got that <laughs> one inside at Fulham. <laughs> Um, got the England squad you know it, it's it's tough to know who's about and if you've got I've, I've got one name alright go on Cameron Westwood 
very much unwanted at Sheffield. Not Wednesday. playing at Sheffield Wednesday. Apparently, if he plays two more games, he gets an automatic extension, and that's one of the reasons why he's not playing. I should just play for one more then. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I, he provided he's kept himself in shape while not being in the team. Even if it, whether that was an emergency loan or signing him in January, yep. I think that would, I think that would be an excellent signing. And if they really don't want him, they'd probably willing to get rid of him on the cheap. Yeah, proven goalkeeper at this level, international. Um, International. I think the only issue you'd have is he would probably want to be the first choice keeper, mm. especially at this point in his career now. Which for the emergency loan thing wouldn't be a problem because he would be for a couple yeah. of weeks and then he can go back if he's not happy. But then again, I, I wouldn't put it past Bielsa to just just generally rotate goalkeepers around. No. Um, I, I, just thinking about it now, I can't really think... I, I, I'm too aware of Westwood's distribution and whether that's something that would affect Bielsa going in for I don't him, think it's his strongest suit, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's his height that's his weakest suit. Mm. Yeah, the... Uh, the five-foot-nine goalkeeper. Yeah, the thing about... I if, think he's taller if, than that. If we wait till January, there's a few... I mean, the other one that was being uh, touted as an emergency loan was Jonathan Bond from West Brom. Because they've got Sam Johnston, who've paid six and a half million for, and the re-signed Bowen Hill. Yeah. So... You would think they'd be willing to do that, and he is. I've always seen him as more of a League One keeper, but a pretty good one. You know, if you needed someone to do a job for three weeks, yeah, it'd be fine for that. Just on a on a slight side note, but still very much related. Have you heard much of the rumours about our alleged interest in Tom Heaton? I'm. I think that that isn't really coming from anywhere other than fans saying that would be a good signing which which by the way it really would be uh, do you think it's very much a case of he's not being used at his club yeah Leeds probably looking for another goalkeeper well Burnley have got three England international goalkeepers yeah and somehow they're still in the bottom half of the table yeah well look at us because they don't have the number one England goalkeeper Will Huffer Will Huffer indeed (laughs) Uh, but no they've got Hart Nick Pope and Tom Heaton so I would think one of them would probably want to go in January anyway. To be honest, if I, the opportunity arose to take him on loan for the second half of the season, then I think you've got to do it because he is a quality goalkeeper. Mm. But I think Tom Heaton could probably find a place at a Premier League club, though. Particularly if he, to be honest, if he was willing to be second choice, Man United signed Lee Grant. Oh, uh, yeah, they'd gladly someone like that yeah. who needs someone who's English to be the second or third goalkeeper. He could get... I mean, Rob Green went to Chelsea. <laughs> An experienced English third keeper to make up your squad limit. He, Arsenal. He could easily go to one of them. Arsenal or Liverpool. I assume or, Stuart Taylor is still doing that at Southampton. He is. <laughs> he is indeed. <laughs> Stuart Taylor. If, it, if we were allowed Premier League ones, we'd have him there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just an interesting one I saw crop up. But honestly, I... Don't see... I don't see an emergency loan happening. I don't think it's Bielsa's style. No, I, I, I feel like... I'm trying to picture what he'd have been like during the loan window when that was you know, a thing towards the end of Grayson's time. and I think he'd, he'd, just, he'd just see him looking... If you could have an image of the loan window, you'd just see him looking at it and shaking his head before slowly walking away. And then saying something deeply philosophical <laughs> and slightly socialist. <laughs> Um, so I, I I see as pushing through with 
Probably Will Huffer on Particularly on if Peacock Fallow's only going to miss maybe Saturday and Tuesday. It, d- it didn't seem like between uh, Peacock Farrell and Janssen that either of them are going to be out for that long. Uh, I would hope that they would both be back by Chef United. Yeah. I mean, um, I would hope that they're back tomorrow, but I don't think it's likely. All right, so so for Bristol City then, what what do you think is going to be the back five? I think, or, if the, or if he goes, or six if you want to go three at the back. Right, it it depends whether they're going to... Obviously, it does depend what they're going to play. If it's five, Dallas dropped another bollock playing full-back for Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland as well. Cost them a goal with, what was it, six seconds left yeah, of stoppage so time. Yeah, so I really think even Bielsa will go, nah. So I'm going to say Huffering goal, Shackleton right back. If it's two centre-backs... I am just gonna go for Phillips and Cooper, Douglas left back, and I think Fort and Ben Forshaw will drop in. If it's six, because they've played two up front, then Halmey will get the start. But Phillips, instead of playing as the right centre back as he has done some of the time, sometimes he stayed central, sometimes he's drifted across. He will definitely be central, yeah. even though Halmey's massive. Do but you, one good thing about Halme, if we do play him, is it should help us out set pieces because he is like six foot four. Yeah, he's a big lad and seems to win his fair share of headers. Do you think if we go with three centre backs, would you be more willing to stick with Dallas as a right wing back instead in a I'd more rather, advanced role? I, uh, I much if if there was wing backs, I can still I can see the argument. Although I personally, I still would drop him. Mm. I, I, I mean. Uh, we haven't had too many opportunities to see him get any extended runs in the team, but I still think Jamie Shackleton equipped himself well, especially in that Swansea game. And uh, there is definitely an argument for him coming into the side and, and I, getting I, a chance. I would definitely have Shackleton over Dallas. As I've said before, I'd have I'd have Gotts over Dallas as well. It's, it's a very odd debate. Who would you rather have at right fullback? Would you rather have the right winger or a central midfielder? Yeah. But this is uh, this is Bielsa's leads at this point. I've just had a glance through. Bristol City have played two up front in the last three games. Okay. Well, look so where, the, look where that got them. So it's probably... Where is that going? It could be Phillips, it could be Halme, it could be Phillips, it could be Halme. It might well be both. Yeah. I'd, Which I'd, worries me, actually, because I don't think we're as strong in 3-3-1-3 as we are in 4-1-4-1. No. Um... I don't think we're bad at it. I just don't think we're as fluent... And I, if we're playing that, then we he might well not play Saez again. I think the worry for me coming into into this game on Saturday is just looking at that, whatever the defensive unit is, is if, especially if we end up with a team that has uh, Shackleton and Halme playing in with Calvin Phillips as one of the central defenders. That's one of the reasons why Dallas might play, actually, because they're going to be on the same side, because Cooper is going to be on the left. It's a very inexperienced team with Will Huffer in goal as well. Um, You know, I think with something like that, though, we're just going to have to kind of grin and bear it. Yeah. Like, I would would never and never do bet against Leeds, but Leeds are still, like, 8-11 to for this match. Yeah. There's, I think there's some serious value in the market mm. in Bristol City. Yeah, if, after the run they've been on, if this is the sort of situation they want to be coming into. Like Bristol City are like 4-1. to one. Again, I would never back it, but yeah. it's a big price is that for... 
against a team with two, both the senior keepers out injured, only one fit centre back, no fit right back. When you just listen to that on paper, it's, uh, aside from people who are, have squads like Man City, with the exception of that, any team, if you took that out, mm. like if Liverpool lost Allison and Mignolet and Van Dijk and Klein and Alexander Arnold. You'd be like, mm, I think they'll concede. Uh, you can only play James Milner in one of those positions, <laughs> and that's in goal. <laughs> and he would probably do all. He would probably do all right. Yeah. So, um, it is probably the game as a Bristol fan. You've got to be optimistic going in, and it's certainly the game. I think it, when you again just see that on paper, that's the game you want to be playing two forwards. You, you've got to kind of be more optimistic in that. I'm going to go to a piece. I'm going to be stupidly optimistic and say we win 2-0. We're keeping a clean sheet. We'll, uh, it'd and, be and, just we'll, like us, though, wouldn't and it? And Will Huff is in for the rest of the season now and, and uh, in the England squad by uh, next September. Yep. Uh, then moving on, Reading at home Tuesday night. Uh, they're 20th and by the sounds of it, that flatters them. I, I, I've not heard a single positive thing about Reading this season. The best performance I've seen from them was on opening day because they were opening night against Derby and they outplayed Derby and lost 2-1. And that's apparently one of their better performances of the season. Uh, their last three, they've, only, they've had one of each. They lost two notes, one's either beat Bristol City 3-2 and they drew two all way up switch, who have improved slightly now that they've got... I, I very nearly said Ricky Lambert. <laughs> Paul, Paul Lambert. <laughs> He's crossed the border in, uh, in East Anglia. Yeah, uh... That and Paul Clement, their manager, he's under shitloads of pressure by the sounds of it, and there are a lot of it's, people wanting rid. Was it Paul Clement who was the coach at Real Madrid? Yeah, he was assistant at Real Madrid to An- Ancelotti, same at Bayern, same at Chelsea. And then he went, and then he took the derby job. A, maybe would it be two years ago? Now? Yeah, something like that. Um, he's one of them who's a coach, and by the sounds of it, a brilliant one. Yeah, he doesn't appear to be a manager. Uh, they've got Vito Manoni back from injury, but the goalkeeper who I've never heard of, Ansi Yakola, has apparently been really good these last few games when he's been injured, so he might well keep his place. Really good, but he has conceded six in the last three. Yeah, well, if you believe the charlatans that Ahu scored, <laughs> he's their highest rated player this season. Oh, fair enough. But I, and when I searched his name on Twitter, there was lots of uh, Reading fans saying good things about him. Uh, I say lots. There aren't lots of Reading fans. <laughs> there were some. Some Reading fans a who said of. some things. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, right back up. All their full-backs, except for Tal Baggett, can kind of play... And some of them can play centre-back as well. We've got Andy Eardom, who, while Heckingbottom was manager, looked nailed on to come to Leeds. I'm, I'm quite glad that didn't happen. Oh, I'm very glad that didn't happen. Uh, they've also got Chris Gunter, who I hate. How old is Chris Conter now? 34? About 33, 34. I believe that... Was it the last Wales game or is it the next Wales game where he's going to break the outfield caps record? He's got like 94. That's a little bit depressing for Wales, really. Yeah. Um, Tyler Blackett on left. Uh, Leandro Bakuna can play both full-back positions and centre-mid and on both wings. He's not that good, but he's a hell of a free-kick taker. Mm. And with the way we defend set-pieces, that's a worry. Yeah, it's well, that's been an issue. Uh, Centre backs, Liam Moore's pretty good. Tiago Ilari's okay. Paul McShane's a bit shit. John O'Shea. He's old. He's old. Like, 
you'd back any of our forward players running at him. Even Alioski must be able to take it round him. <laughs> I'm impressed that John O'Shea was able to get a championship club again. Apparently he's been okay as well. In a poor team, Again, yeah. In a poor team. Doesn't really say a lot at this point when you're, when you're uh, doing as badly as Reading are. Got a couple of decent centre-mids, Liam Kelly and John Swift. Uh, and we've also got David Mailer, who... Again, seems to be spending more time playing FIFA than playing actual football. Uh, Mo Barrow, Shawnee Luca on wings, uh, as is Josh Sims on one from Southampton, who looked pretty good. And Gareth McCleary, who has a bit of history of scoring bangers against us, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's got a few. Mo Barrow's got a couple now. Yeah, Barrow got... They won 1-0 at him, though, didn't they, last season, and he scored it. Yeah, and he he celebrated right in front... Was it right in front of the cop? No, him? Because I'd have respected that. He did it in front of the East Stand. He did it in front of the Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at you squaring up to kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, McClary's got a fairly decent record against us. Sadio Lucas. They paid like um, seven million quid to get a Luca off Fulham. He's a, he's a decent championship player. Hmm. It's not. It must it's, suck being a professional footballer when your sister's better than you. <laughs> it's not. I, I don't really know much about how how they set up, but if you could get those three the, as an attacking midfield unit, it wouldn't be the worst in the championship. Yeah, I had a little look uh, when I was looking at the uh, Bristol City formations. They've been sort of four three three the last few. Oh, I'd be struggling then, but yeah. So they'll probably use Bod Varson as a. They might use him as a target man. He's got seven goals, but he got five in like the first three. Jack, can you just can you just read to me what you've put next to his name here? Oh, that John Daddy Bob Darson is a big shit ass. <laughs> but he is. He's. It's like I. I always worry. It's. I think I'm maybe a, a bit scarred by Nicola Zigic and John Parkin and big John Parkin. Yeah, he's just, he's he's part of a podcast now. I can't. Yeah, I'm, isn't he on the to- Totally Football League show? Oh no, this is a different one. I, honestly, God, I cannot remember the name. But I know John Parkin is was one of the hosts. Um, I, I wish I could. Are you sure you... it's not Sam Parkin? No, because I know Sam Parkin was on one. Yeah, Sam Parkin and John Parkin very easily mistakeable. Although I'm fairly sure Sam Parkin was in much better shape. I, I, I mean, having been out in Preston when John Parkin was out and seen him in kebab shops at least twice, it's, it's not hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, it is hypocritical of bit to say that, but also, <laughs> I'm not a professional footballer. I'm not a professional anything. Victim. <laughs> <laughs> just another one of life's victims. <laughs> yeah, just know, Casey, that sometimes you may see that your purpose is to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were the goals. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sam Baldock <laughs> got four. Uh, he was really... One, he was quite highly rated at one point. He got a load at, I think he got a load at MK Dons and a load at Bristol City. And he went to, like, West Ham. And he's dropped off and he's got four this season, but I think he's still only, like, 29. And I was thinking he was a lot older than that. But their uh, main threat is Yaku Meite, who's apparently looking really good. And they've managed to sign him to a long-term deal, which they were surprised about managing, by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's... I honestly can't really remember the last time I really heard of... Sam Baldock cropping up, but it was probably. I bet we were linked to him on loan. Probably. Uh, 
I kind of miss those days when we were just linked with everyone online. Every incredibly average player that we could get our hands on. Andy Keogh, Mikhail Forsell. Well, he was a free transfer, but still. These, these aren't links, KSA. These are people we actually signed. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something else I quite like about the name John Daddy, which, you know, would ring home for you as a, a young boy. Although, it, it Bro- might... Brother, of course, of Eugene Daddy. <laughs> um, One for the Champ Man 0304 fans. Yeah. Um, sorry, Eugene Bob's head just popped into my... Net. Uh, Eugene Bop's head popped into my name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell I'm back in the country. I'm still. I'm going to call jet lag, even though it's been a week. Um, but on that note, I'll just go to uh, the predictions, and I'm going to say we win. Bizarrely, I'm going to go four-one, based on nothing. Even though at the minute we've got the injuries and stuff, Reading are awful. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say 3-0. I, I really, I don't see these causing us too many problems. Which oh. brings us to the end of his notes, but we just recently realised that we're not going to be able to get one in next week. Because, well, this coming week, we're planning on doing those two games, getting back in on Wednesday or Thursday ahead of the Sheffield United game, but the timing's not going to work out. So, a week tomorrow, Sheffield United away and it's on telly. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, um, obviously, for this, we have no notes, but... Billy Sharp's pretty much guaranteed to score. Yeah, they had a good goalkeeper on loan last season. Yeah, whatever happened to him? Ah, who knows? Must be broken. Um, uh, I know that the like they signed John Egan, and he's been really good at that. They've been playing with back three and wing backs. In my head, John Stead still leads the line for them. Yeah, um, I, I think he's still going at Notts County, but I'm not. I'm not hundred percent. Harry Kiel was just trying to keep him going, service him. As long as not like that, obviously. Um, how did we? How did we do against them at Bramall Lane? Obviously, I remember we got the... beat two one. They the went one 0 up. Lasaga equalised with a really good header not long after half time, and then I think they scored a winner. Mm. But I'm not a hundred percent. I complete. I've completely forgotten the the away game. I still remember. Yeah, that, that was vividly. the away game. The home game we that was awful. Yeah, that was the one where uh, Matthew Pennington had one of the worst defensive displays. He, he decided to leave Billy Sharp in four yards of space inside the six-yard box for a free header. The, literally, the only good part of that game was Calvin Phillips' absolute thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, they've got a good keeper as well, that Dean Henderson, that was Shrewsbury's keeper last season on loan from Man United. Oh, yes. Uh, he's very highly rated. His contract was going to be up, and Arsenal were going to sign him, but he signed a new one and went out on loan again. Yeah, but he's good. They've got uh, Baldock and Stevens as well as wing backs. They've got Sam Baldock as well. Yeah, <laughs> George Baldock and, oh. and the Stevens have been pretty good. Uh, obviously, John Egan, who I've said, who I really wanted us to sign in summer from Brentford, but it didn't mm. happen. Uh, Chris Basham, who seems like he's been linked to us about twelve times. Yes, uh, Jack, um. that Jack O'Connell's been getting good reviews as well. Um. They've, they've got a decent squad and I keep wanting to say they've got really young talented David Brooks but they don't <laughs> no he's uh, he's been really young and talented for Bournemouth yeah, yeah. Uh, they've still got John Fleck he's pretty good I, I can't help but feel someone stopped spelling his name just halfway through what did you think it was going to be Flecking Bottom uh, Fleck you know Fletcher Flecking Bottom Flecky like just 
Fleck does not seem like a surname. Yeah. Uh, they've got... Let's see if I can get something up. Uh, they've signed Ollie Norwood. Apparently he's made a... I remember hearing Sheffield United fans say, because they brought him in quite late in the window. We were linked with him as well, actually. Mm. But he's sort of really solidified their midfield and made a real difference. Did he, did he go to them from Huddersfield? Is he still in my head? Uh, I think he was, yeah, yeah. But I'm not 100%. Uh, and then up front, obviously, we mentioned Billy Sharp because he's guaranteed to score against us. Uh, Leon Clark is, you know, he works hard, he's a decent enough player. He, he had a decent start to the season last season, yeah, didn't uh, he? David McGoldrick, he's got a pretty decent record against us from when he was at Ipswich. Uh, they've got Ben Woodburn on loan from That's Liverpool. a good signing. Who isn't really playing enough, I would think he'd probably go back in January and they'll send him somewhere else. Yeah. And they've also, apparently, according to this list where I've just managed to get up, they signed Connor Washington off QPR, which I didn't know. No, I was completely unaware of that. Yeah. but uh, It's not a bad list of strikers. Yeah, they've got some decent players. Uh, we've got a horrendous record at Bramall Lane. I can't swear to this, but I think the last time we won at Bramall Lane was when we won in like April 92, just before we won the league. Basically, yes, the, the game that set us up to win the league yeah. basically I am about 85% sure that's the last time we won there um, I know that we haven't played them every year I can't think of any in recent memory and I can think of a couple of draws shortly after that yeah I can think of a couple of draws with, uh, with uh, Brian Dean and Gary Speed scoring yeah oh I've just remembered the, one, the most depressing one from when we were a kid can you remember oh, Kip- I already know where you're coming with this Kip- we had a cup game with Kippox Athletic and it got moved to like a 3pm kickoff. Because we were playing Sheffield United at 12 in the oh, FA Cup. We might have even well. played at like four. And it was a it long was away late. trip. And we lost. And Steve Cabot had scored a winner for Sheffield United in FA Cup. Oh, that was an awful day. Yeah. And neither, I mean, they ended up winning. But neither team were up for it because both teams were just Leeds fans. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone had watched game and got depressed. Yeah, that that was that was awful. That was the season before we went down, if I remember yeah. right. I think Eltel was still in charge at that point. Um, yeah, that was that must was, have been a month or so before Kewell and Viduka pulled the finger out to save us at the end of the season. Yeah, that that was miserable. That game, I remember watching that and just yeah, you just got to the game and you're just mildly depressed. Yeah, it's like oh, let's get this out of the way with. Um, they've 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 had a decent start to the season this season, but I they... I think really, I I quite rate I quite rate Chris Chris Wilder as well. They... I think he's a I don't think he's ever going to like rise up through the leagues and do anything in Premier League, but I think he's really solid hand. He'll do he'll do a good job. Um, no, because they they not as badly, but they had a similar season to us last year, and they. Just had a slightly extended run. And then fell away a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, look, looking at that squad, again, there's no reason why. You'd probably say... A, a, top half, at least. You would yeah, say. I was thinking, yeah, top ten. Um, I'm going to say, away from home, I'm going to try and be positive and say 1-1. We've got an awful record there, and I, don't, I honestly don't think it's going to change. I think we'll get beat 3-1. And I'm hoping that me being a bit more negative might have them surprised. <laughs> You're me. hoping they harness your negative spirit. I also need to say that although I have predicted us beating Reading, Bristol City at home, a draw, a loss at every night, I'm factoring in that the Square Ball did release a podcast. <laughs> you know, we might we might get none from these three. Uh, would you take would you take five? 
Would you take yeah, five I'd, points I'd t- from I'd them take, three? I'd take five. Again, it's it's that weird thing where I think if we beat Sheffield United but drew the other games, you'd be you'd a be, little bit... You'd be furious. You'd be disappointed. If we draw with Reading, I'll be apoplectic. But, but yeah, I think five points wouldn't be the worst return. Um, or even, yes, win the two home games. Yeah, and if then... you win the two home games, then Sheffield United's a bit of a freebie. Yeah. And Seven would be a great run. Yes. Seven would be fantastic. So, so if we get seven, we'll have done way above what I've envisioned. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six points from these two games. Six, uh, and you'll be happy from these two games. I mean, it's like the Wigan and West Brom ones. We said if we get three, that's fine. If yeah. you beat Wigan and lose at West Brom, that's not a disaster. And it was just the manner of the West Brom defeat that made us all. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see which Leeds team turns up against Sheffield United, especially with it been away from home. But you, we should, especially these two, these first two games, been at home. We really should be beating. Yeah, if if we didn't have so many injuries, I'd be confident of six points from two home games. I still am, which is a slight level of deliriousness. I yeah, imagine. well, I think it's because, I mean, tomorrow you get to go to Ellen Road for the first time since when? Uh, since our New Year's Day nil-nil draw against Nottingham Forest, yeah. <laughs> which was an awful, awful game. Yeah, that's why I'm single. That's the only game we went to. Yeah. Oh God, did you take it at that? That Jesus. was the one she came to, and we were terrible. I can't believe she didn't dump you sooner. <laughs> she did ask me if <laughs> I can talk about this now. She did after that game ask if I could take her to a Chelsea game. Oof, Jesus. Which I just, like, I was there, there was me and my mum, me and my mum have had season tickets together uh, pre until I started working in America. And we both just looked at her like, what are you saying? The best compromise she tried to get to was, maybe you could take me to a Man City game. To which my argument was, I am a Leeds fan though. That is, <laughs> that is generally the team I go to watch. I don't think she quite... Got her head around nah, it's loyalty. <laughs> well, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> we might title this episode. <laughs> I wonder if it's worth titling this episode. Is it 34? Yeah. Yes. Mike White's podcast, episode 34. KC gets dumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, loneliness is kicking in. But don't worry, I'll be surrounded by. Well, it's a sellout for Bristol City, actually, so yeah. what's that, about 30? Nowadays, it's about 30. Well, because I don't think they'll bring that many, 34, mm. maybe. Still they'll low. bring a little bit more than normal, because at least it's a Saturday 3 o'clock for about the third time at home this season. And the last. Yep. <laughs> Wait, who's... who's? I was just trying to figure out who's a really shit team we'll be playing on a Saturday. Well, we're away at Bolton in a couple of weeks. I meant at home, sorry, but yeah, I was just thinking, oh, Reading a shit. Uh, no, that's Tuesday. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. It, ten- it tends to be the the worst teams we play. Yeah. Oh, as for if you want to help KC with his crippling loneliness, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Mighty White's Pod. <laughs> uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is on Twitter at thiu. It's all lufc. But MightyWhitesPodcast.com. The podcast's up everywhere except Spotify, basically. Uh, Are we even trying with Spotify? No, no, they're, right, they're, fair being, they're being twats, so I'm just not bothered. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, but we'll be back shortly after the Sheffield United game, 
uh, we need to go get some beer because it's the end of the work week and we need beer. So thanks very much for listening. I've been Jack. See it. I've been Casey. It's good to be back. Uh, I'll be the judge of that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. In a bit. Bye.